This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How goes it? It's going very well. How goes Fakatani today? Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's windy, warm, and I'm supposed to be at work, but today just seems like a good day to be at home. <laughs> so I'm at home today. <laughs> How about you? A similar kind of experience. I, I was at I was at work for a big chunk of the day, but then I decided it didn't need to be, and I could work just as well from home. And here we are. Who have we got today? Today we have Indra Kularatna, who is in Auckland. Welcome, Indra. Kia ora. Kia ora, Kia ora, Sam Mawera. Thank you very much for having me here. So, how has your bubble life been? That's pretty good, small, and uh, keeping to myself, to my, with only my bubble, yes. And um, since originally I'm from Sri Lanka, so I have a lot of contacts, talks, and communications with my Sri Lankan family. So uh, a lot of communications, thanks to the internet and all the, all the facilities that we get through internet. So technically, physically, a very small bubble in New Zealand but very extended long distance bubble um, technically around the world and you teach at our Auckland campus the Tiger Polytechnic AIC it moved online immediately yes that's true Sam that's very interesting to say yes you know we announced that okay we are going to um, you know level alert level four and then uh, from the following day onwards, we moved to um, online teaching. So that was quite exciting. And in a way, it was really challenging. And it was something like a good analogy is we are flying a plane. I mean, we are on a plane while building it. So it is really interesting. So we learn a lot from that. I'm happy to share all my experience with you guys. So what did you, what did you learn from it? Oh, so the first thing I learned, the quick change, you know, it's a challenge. Started, yes. you know, just overnight. Um, even though we have good resources and all these things from our teaching platforms and everything, but never done online teaching before. So as a whole team, we quickly moved from face-to-face teaching to online teaching on the following day. So uh, we are proud to say that, I mean, we never missed a single class or we never took a day to um, prepare or anything. We straight away, we jumped, uh, you know, just we are swimming in the deep end of the pool. So really teaching online 
and um, to, I think um, we have got very good positive feedback from our students. So we have almost done. Um, we have completed two blocks. We have five block system per year, so we have already completed two blocks full teaching, and now we are in the second halfway through the third block. So I think it was quite challenging, and um, with with positive uh, outcome. Where did it start in terms of the sequence with students arriving? Because they normally arrive for those blocks, don't they? Yes, that's really a very good. I mean, we were in a way we were lucky because we had all the orientation. Sort of like we have already got all the students on first before the first time the first first wave um so in that time that all the students were uh, on show they were here because we are uh, this Otago Polytechnic Auckland International Campus we are only focusing international students so luckily for the first time all the students were in, in Auckland so at that time no um self-quarantine or no restricted quarantine or anything so luckily all the students were there so they were there almost um a few few days so then we move into the um online sessions but we had uh, if my memory is correct the time that we moved into um online teaching we haven't had any face-to-face -face classes we were about to start the new block so then it's good so straight away without any face-to-face -face classes we started online classes online teaching it was a catch it was a quite a challenging situation for us Several people have mentioned that it was very lucky that we'd got to meet the students face to face before we were going. We went online. It would have been a very different deal if it was the entire thing was online. Yes, true. Yeah, because sometimes yeah, it's in a way yes, in a way it's no. Because the reason is some of the students. Uh, so for some of the lecturers, for us, they were new students. They are st starting their courses. Yes, for them, it's totally new, new, new. Um, they, they don't know, even they haven't seen them at all. But um, those who have already been for a couple of blocks, and then, yes, for that, the, 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 it's good for the students because they have been to the campus, they know what's the situation and all these things, and that they, they have already come across, came across the lecturers, so they know each other so that's a different situation for them so it's sort of like two groups um, but i think the most challenging part for the group and the students as well as the lecturers those who have done the first first session first block straight away the students are with the expectation of seeing their lecturers face to face in a, in a classroom situation but now suddenly it's online ms teams situation only virtual so how are the students doing? I mean, most of them are in a foreign country on their own during a, a, a global pandemic. Totally, totally. It was really a huge challenge for them. Even right now, it's a huge challenge for them. You know, most of them leaving their loved ones behind. And some of them are quite, some of them are lucky um, because especially postgrad students, they can come up with, come, come to New Zealand with their families. So they are the lucky group, but most of them are not like that. So uh, they are by themselves, by their own. And um, I mean, really going to alert level four. I mean, um, it's a totally strange country. Even even if they lived in their own country, it's a different situation, different environment, a huge challenge. But at least they may have got their own families, you know, their own family, extended family, and the supporting people, friends, and all these things around them in their home countries. But in New Zealand, 
they are pretty much by themselves they're pretty much challenging it is it's really a, i think it's a huge mental challenge for them as well but as a campus as lecturers we are also facing the same situation it's, it's quite new to us as well however sort of like a group a team supporting our students own students and then um, gradually learning understanding adapting our to this new situation and going towards looking forward and i'm getting the challenge accepting the challenge as a whole and then um, we made it really we made it so it's our third block now did you have to focus more on on pastoral care or did the were you able to say no this is just content this is what matters or how did you manage that balance so that is something that is a very interesting point topic, really. I think the more, uh, most of our undergraduate lecturers, they have to focus more on pastoral care support and more challenge. I mean, giving some support, help in addition to what they are, um, the knowledge and all the, the material and the, the, the things that they are going to learn. But um, for in my context, I've more focused on, I have more, more mostly focused on postgraduate students. So they are more mature and they aren't really little bit tougher than these you know undergraduate students they are they are already exposed to the um, world and they have sometimes some of them are quite mature worked for nearly five ten years so they are very well they are that's the thing is under control for them but having said that yes as lecturers as mentors we said we we, we did a lot of um, supporting uh, pastoral care talking to them i think it is, that's the most important thing at this stage talking and sharing ideas um, and um, guide guiding them and sort of like um giving them some facilities in a way um to um only verbal exactly you know so we can tell them that these are the things that what we are doing what we are doing uh, sharing our ideas experiences and helping them in that way so, so it was quite challenging for both 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 student groups undergrad as well as postgrad but it's different experience for me let's take the first of your music choices let's have knights in white satin Nights in white satin Never reaching the end Letters I've written Never meaning to send Beauty I'd always missed With these eyes before Just what the truth is I can't say anymore Cause I love you Yes, I love you love you Gazing at people some hand in hand Just what I'm going through They can understand Some try to tell me Thoughts they cannot defend Just what you want to be 
I don't know whether that um, whether you have seen that one. It is in a in a movie. The the starting um scene of the movie it is it's Johnny Depp's uh, the shadow. Oh, it's it's a it's a very funny movie. It's about um, Dracula and so that sort of vampires are sort of a movie. That's the starting um the the you know that the the first scene starts with this movie sort of song. It's amazing. <laughs> Just oh, I'm look. gonna do, I'm gonna watch that now. I've never seen that film. I it's, will now. It's, it's on on YouTube. It is it is it's, I think it's the Shadow. It's Johnny Depp's um he's Johnny Depp is <laughs> it's, it's funny movie as well, but it's really nice <laughs> nice sceneries and yeah. So you teach sustainability and to is it to postgrads? Yes, it's to postgrad students. Yes. Has this given you things to talk about? How has it given you material for for discussion in class? Yes, really. I mean, the sustainability. I mean, I, I hope that your question is in in terms of uh, the present situation, the COVID situation and the sustainability and the teaching and all these things, linking all these things together. Yes, that's true. I mean, it, it has given a lot of um, 
opportunities, things to talk about. The sustainability, really, I think that's something that we talked every every session um, because that how the, because the COVID really mainly impacted on on all three areas sustainability you know if you take the triple bottom line you know the environment economy and the society covid impacted on all three of them environment we know there are some improvements uh, let's say air pollution and uh, you know the wildlife is coming to the roads and some areas that uh, you can see some um, nice animals that we have seen that sort of like um, clips and news on on, um, on television and all these things so wildlife is freely walking on roads where that earlier the people, human beings were dominated. And the society, we, we can't talk to anyone. We can't see face to face, only virtual online and very limited access. So the society, the, the, so the society is really changed and the economy, no need to talk about that. The COVID is really impacted on economy. So all three things, the sustainability, the baseline of sustainability have direct impact from COVID even right now. So we talked about all these things day, I mean, every session in different aspects, in different areas. And it is really fun to talk about those things. And we learn a lot of things from that, especially from postgrad students. They are mature students. They have a lot of experiences to share. I think it's really interesting. I think one of the main things is that it's shown how interrelated those systems are. Totally, exactly. No, no I mean, it's a simple thing. But it is interrelated, and the one the, the impact on one how how it affected on the other other two areas. So it is really amazing, and a lot of areas to discuss. That's that's the most important thing. Given this opportunity for a a reset, are the students thinking about what shape a, a thriving future might look like? And you know, given this this being a bit of an opportunity to to have some impact on that area. Yes, I mean, it's an impact on that area. Definitely, there are some areas like that. But short term, most of the students are a bit scared, really scared. Even right now, they are scared because they don't know what the, what the future is going to be. Because we don't know really the, what the post-COVID um, society is going to be, what the post-COVID economy is going to be. And then um, since they are international students, they are sort of like immigrants at this stage, but most of them are having the idea of, you know, working for working in New Zealand, getting a good job and, you know, getting permanent residency and so on. So it's sort of like an uncertainty at this stage for them. And um, a lot of challenging, situa challenging situations. Most of these international students, they were in the idea of that, do some work, gain some more. Stopped at this stage. Oh not existing at the, at the at that time so it was really a sort of like a very chaos stressful situation for these students now it is a little bit easing it up at right now but still most of the international students are facing that problem so all these things are it's sort of like a mixed complex situation which is really a challenging situation are any of them in areas and disciplines for which their career is going to be significantly impacted? You know, were any of them heading for tourism management or anything that they're having to rethink? Um, some of them are really, yes, there are some of them. I mean, 
pretty much they have to some of them some of them are from like um, some um, project management it and that sort of areas where they are thinking there are some opportunities you know working from home with their experience doing all these things and working for not only for new zealand maybe for overseas but while staying in new zealand that sort of opportunities are there but they are very limited and rare in our student um, group but um the other students those who are in hospitality area service sector and that sort of areas they are finding some difficulties challenges and sometimes job loss so that's quite common for the students because they are part-time workers they can't work full-time so part-time workers are the first group of um first set of um group of workers that that really you know in this situation going to be affected or really affected so they are really in vulnerable situation some of them are really in vulnerable situations and uh, having said that is a good experience uh, good information that i can share with you some of the students in between their blocks they have been to their home countries to visit their loved ones i mean their family members and they are still stuck in their own countries so I just completed, um, I had a one session with my professional project students. That's their sort of like, a, um, like the research group meeting. So the one student since March, she, she's joining over, I mean, on, on uh, this Microsoft Teams um, or our online sessions uh, since March, uh, she 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 trapped uh, in uh, in India at this stage. She couldn't come to class. He want to come to class. Come to she want to come to New Zealand, but there are no opportunities. And uh, and in my sustainability uh, managing for sustainability class, there's another student. Uh, she's from um, Philippines, from the Philippines. And um, for the whole session, she she was um, she was in um, in the Philippines. But now luckily she managed to come to uh, New Zealand uh, after 14 days in um, quarantine facility. I met. Uh, last week on campus for the first time so that is interesting <laughs> so it is um yes so it's a challenge for the students I, mean, I think it's a hectic time for most of the students i have to access i admit that here bubble sprite of the forest of orakanui dinin's favorite goddess tahu mackenzie kia ora koutou na mihi aroha nui kia koutou ko tahoho all having the best day beautiful people in your beloved universes and I really hope that wherever you are and whatever is happening around you this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding very sustaining and reminding you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art perfect unique <laughs> And here, making things better. Thank you. So I'm recording this with my beloved Harvey Penfold here. So this is slightly out of the ordinary, hence me laughing. <laughs> but it's really perfect because I thought that I would speak to you all and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to speak to you all every day for five minutes. Thank you for having me about, of course, the great joy that comes from the relationships in our life and the desire that we all have from the moment that we erupt into being to be in relationship so integral to who we are and what we need. And I've just been really struck today by how lucky I am 
to have the relationships in my life that I have. Of course, with other human animals, I'm so grateful, and there's such a diversity, of course, in terms of the human animals I have relationships with, but also the kind of relationships and the phases in those relationships and the way that we co-evolve to see different aspects of ourselves thanks to those relationships and it's just so incredible to me it really is so precious and then of course there are all the other beautiful species of life that I have relationships with and I'm so grateful and I'm really enjoying entangled life which of course is Merlin Sheldrake talking about all of the relationships that fungi have had with all life for billions of years and how we wouldn't be here of course without them and all the relationships that they've been building and building and it got me thinking that of course second nature to us to want to form and grow our relationships and we do everything we can to do this and when it doesn't go to plan or when we feel rejected it's so painful and part of understanding who we are is often through relationships so it's so important at the moment at Orokanoe we're reaching out to the community and we're doing our best to establish relationships with people who live around the eco-sanctuary and have kaka visiting them and of course this is a very very interesting process because not everyone wants to have the relationship with the eco-sanctuary that we would ideally want and that's a big part of learning and relationship too that it has to work for for both parties and both parties have to feel safe and supported and respected and of course that with the kaka it's to help the kaka it's to benefit the kaka as they fly out of the eco-sanctuary and this of course got me thinking that really all life of course feels the same as us as we do that all life is searching for the possibility of relationship and all life is in relationship and in fact all life is one is one relationship unfolding so i hope that for you you're really enjoying the opportunity to feel grateful for all the relationships and all the support that surrounds you to see your own role in the relationships in your life all that you give all that you share and in the same way that i am at the moment just recognizing how all life feels the same all life wants to be in a supportive loving relationship with the other lives around it and as much as we can do to recognize this and support this we can do our part as part of that one infinite relationship that we're all co-evolving within and i'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow thanks so much Kakiti. we haven't managed to talk to anybody from sri lanka so you can be our proxy person from sri lanka how is the <laughs> sri lanka community doing Sri, sri lankan community in terms of covid i would say it's highly successful i mean it's 
just not like the news that I'm hearing about all the other countries, what I'm hearing um, from news. Um, as you know, Sri Lanka, is, I mean, there are very similarities between Sri Lanka and um, New Zealand in the context. We both are island nations, right? Sri Lanka is an island, and uh, New Zealand is just two islands. Um, uh, the population is but um, about five times of New Zealand about 21 million so um uh, based on the early uh, latest reports um uh, there were only about 13 covid related deaths so far and it's really a good achievement for a island nation of uh, 21 million population only 13 um, uh, covid related um, deaths um, uh, I can't remember exactly how many the total, what's the total number of um, COVID cases, but it's pretty much similar to New Zealand, about I think 2,000 cases. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I can't remember exact numbers in that, but no, but it's really, I'm, 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 I'm happy to say that it is pretty under control, according to my understanding, like like New Zealand, the situation, so only 13 deaths is it's pretty much a good number, um, considering um, considered to all these uh, compared to other other countries. So um, I think that's uh, the one reason is that it's, it's an island, and then uh, the government has taken um, prompt action. Um, straight away, um, you know, I mean, I think they went uh, to the lockdown situation before New Zealand. So, um, so some of my immediate family members affected on that situation. So, but anyway, we, we have to face those things, and you know, and um, so some of my my my, my sister uh, and my brother-in-law they are in New Zealand right now. Um, but they can't. They want to go to Sri Lanka right now. But for more than six years now, <laughs> their their tourist visa is almost gone. It's extended. Uh, already now it is waiting for another extension they want to go home but they are stranded in new zealand now so there are a lot of situations in both ways so um it's um, so so they the sri lanka went um to lockdown before new zealand so um, so it is pretty under control i think I, I think full credit should go to the um health sector of sri lanka like new zealand um health sector and the government policies and procedures and all these things do you know what is the basis of the the messaging that they're using in Sri Lanka? Do they have an equivalent to the the be kind message? Um, pretty much, yes. I mean, from my understanding, it's it's the the majority of the people in Sri Lanka are Buddhists, so that's they are they are they are following this Buddhist doctrine and the principles in um, in in terms of this all these situations. So, um, the loving kindness or the Maitri, the Metta, is one of the the, the prominent um, value that we used in Sri Lanka. So um, though they are helping each other and they are kind to each other based on that basic Buddhist concept. I think um, because of that, it is already embedded into the whole society, helping each other, even though they are not waiting for someone else to come and help. So I think that uh, helping each other nature is almost there. So no need to um, emphasize by sort of like um, government or anything it is pretty um absorbed already practiced through you know it's, it has a whole long history you know about 2500 years old history in sri lanka even though it's a small island nation so it's it's pretty much practiced those things and evolved as a 
as a unique society with this loving kindness or the metta or maitri concept so um so i think it was already there so that helped people in a way to um support each other providing um providing um you know rather than um, imposing from you know some from a different layer it's already embedded in the society i think that helped a lot i one think of that's the, one of the things that we've been noticing is that it's shown to us that the be kind message which stems from that the the, the move to a, a well-being approach can be used as the the value basis for for policy you don't have to have every single thing thought out if you've got that at the, as the, as the core then it can be operationalized as new challenges arise but it sounds sure. like sri lanka has long practiced that i think so i think so it is it's part of the society already so no need to um, sort of like discuss or show it or need no need to tell someone else so i think they mostly rather than going for be kind and or be you know helpful rather than that they have gone more towards um, providing the, another layer of um, quarantine and um, uh, creating awareness in terms of how to avoid stay away from or protect yourself uh, from covid virus which is an invisible threat to us you can't see it you know so i think that uh, they have more focused on that sort of approach rather than um, that be kind and that thing because i think it is almost almost accepted what's the role of a, a a vision of a sort of a positive thriving future um that's a tough question sam can you just a little bit give me some more uh, fuel or interpretation or some uh, support around that because you are talking about a well i, sta- I started out thinking about i i wonder how that's is everybody in Sri Lanka working towards uh, some sort of common collective goal? But then as I was halfway through the question, I thought maybe it's not about Sri Lanka, maybe it's a more general question. So I, I didn't yeah, mention the yeah, Sri Lankan right. bit, and I should have done because it would have made it easier yeah. to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I've got your point. Yes, I think um, yes, I think it should be a submission. I think in general, I'm talking about um, generally for any pop, uh, any 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 society, any country, or anything, any 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 anywhere. Yes, it is. It should be a vision that we can do. You know, it's, we can we can link all these things to um, sustainability as well. You know, like you know the the all these concepts and everything we can put together. And um, as a vision, we can uh, con- consider. We can talk about that as well. I mean, that is something. Another thing, I mean, the, the the discussion that what we are having right now you know, with Sam and Mawira, I think that's something that we are discussing and we are talking about that. That's sharing our ideas and um, and respecting each other's, you know, that's ideas, visions, values, and all these things. And and I, I mean, we can't link all these things from the Western societies as well as to our own, like like Maori values and all these things, and we can put them all these concepts together and we can um, dis- uh, create a discussion around that and we can take it to the next level next generation when we go to the next level of alertness i mean then alert level one what we can do how we can do that 
what the mission and what the vision in that all areas, what we can take into the next level. I think creating a discussion is also a good idea, really. I mean, this is something that, uh, I mean, I really appreciate what you are doing here in this case, because we are talking about, I mean, we are talking in, a, in small communities, maybe in my own bubble, maybe um, using this, you know, internet and all this Viber, WhatsApp and those things with my family members, you know, in Sri Lanka. This thing, now we are extending thanks to you guys, to a different level, different layer of the society. I think that's something really interesting and important, Sam. Thanks to you. Thanks, th thank you very much for doing this.
So we've seen lots of changes, societal changes over the last few months. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? Mm, that's another toughie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I mean, yes, the, I think that the post-COVID society is not say, will not be the same as the post-COVID society. I think it's quite common now because we, 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 I mean, we are in a way we can be, we are in a very, um, very, in a, in a junction, in a, in a very solid situation where that we are fighting right now. The whole world is fighting against something we cannot see. I mean, even we are still, the scientists are debating whether virus is is life or non-living or non-living. We don't know even that context in a, in a, in a certain way. So the whole, whole, whole population in this entire planet Earth that we are fighting against something that we don't see, we cannot see. So it can affect the whole world in different, different ways, methods, aspects. So when we are in so then definitely the future will be a different world it's a different world so i i feel that that we will think about our society will think about how 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 we can do this our businesses in a different way how we can do our services in different way how we can do our how we can do our education in a different way i mean we have to think about different and then how do how do you, how we are going to do our transportation i mean i'm not blaming for a uh, big um, big uh, iron bird that that we can travel from sri lanka to uh, new zealand within um, within 24 hours to transfer all this uh, you know covid and all these things to spread all over the world but we have to think about what the future transportation could be would be and um, because because this all this transportation is the main reason for quite, quite the fast spread of this virus all over the world that's i mean maybe the only the previous situation in this early 19 1900s that this um, the spanish influenza situation and luckily at that time the transportation was not this good but it affected the whole world so now it's, that's i think that's the only comparable um, situation that we have um, to um, right now the present situation so all the areas that right now it is impacted so we have to think about that how these things are going to happen and i think sustainability is one approach in that i mean don't think that since i'm teaching sustainability i'm talking about always sustainable, <laughs> maybe boring but however i mean that's that's something that we can think about that you know we don't need i mean as a country we can I mean, be self-sustained as a country in terms of at least food and some basic services and operations. We don't need to wait until that something is coming from another country. So it is in a, in a different approach in globalization. Right now it's a globalization. We cannot run away from that. But having said that, still we can think about what the what are the ways that we can do the sustainable practices, you know, growing our own stuff in closer to us rather than you know from the further further away so the transportation is in a way it is good less transportation and we can have fresh food if we can grow in small closer to us and um, maybe growing these things in urban areas and all these things some um, food food stuff and all these things so closer to us 
so that makes um, less emission and all these things. And um, leaving that um, or using of the land use, effective ways of using the land, um, I mean, best use of land, and then um, no, um, no more forest um, clearances and so on. And um, we have to think about all the all the possibilities of that, the global warming and the present forest fires and all these things, we are interrelated. So we have to think about in a way that um, all these things, um, you know, in the, in, the, in the context of global context, but maybe sustainable approaches in a, in a, in a smaller, smaller area, smaller um, context. It's been an interesting case study of resilience and the need for resilience, because in the case of a global pandemic, an emergency in one country, there's no one coming to the rescue. Because everyone's in the same position, and we're very fortunate that the, yes, the, the 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 international food system hasn't fallen over. Yes, um, but yes. but you know it's it it could, and we need to be thinking about that. How would we cope if we didn't get all the tea from Sri Lanka? <laughs> yes, exactly. No more tea, isn't it? No Ceylon tea. People <laughs> stockpiling toilet paper didn't get the right idea. They didn't get the memo. What yes, what lessons? do you think we can take from this experience for those bigger sorts of questions, the intergenerational ones, the larger scale ones, climate change and social injustice and so on? Um, I think the lessons that we can learn, I think from this one, the first thing is that how good, how how good, how quickly we can adapt as human beings to the new situation was that's one good ex- lesson that we learned so far. I think that how quickly that we could I mean we 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 moved I mean small example is how quickly we moved from or face to face teaching to online teaching how quickly we did that and we did it overnight so it's how quickly we can adapt so that's a good example that um, that good example that we can learn from this um, yes we have the ability we have the resources we have all these things so the best thing is we can do that quickly now we can be um uh, we we can keep our minds uh, eyes and all these things open for the future changes as well because this happened already there can be another different wave or different situation totally a different situation as well so we have to be um aware of all the possible scenarios that these things can come and all the ways that um that uh, the the possible threats that uh, what we have in the future may have in the future so all the uh, all the areas we have to be really we have to study we have to be really and um, learn these things and uh, the lessons learned from all these things you know not only not only the teaching context you know maybe we are some of some countries are heavily depend on tourism and um, other sort of like uh, areas uh, areas where that this sort of pandemic or some sort of like a global disaster can have some impact on so we have to we have to think about that how what what ways that um, uh, minimize minimize the impact for, uh, in, a, in, a, in a global situation like this so what 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 are the solutions for that what how how as a society we can do this how how the society can face on this one in a smaller context i'm i'm not a big fan of a really big large huge thing so you know the sustainable ways in a, in a small context so if I mean, if if we are approaching in different different levels in smaller context lot of groups then there are a lot of solutions not only one or two or three one main solution 
there are few quite a few small 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 solutions so so they came up with very good interesting uh, ideas and they can already start practicing those things so i think we we can learn a lot of things we have learned a lot of things right now and then we can take these things as common knowledge to the next level i mean it's pretty much mm-hmm. to the near future post covid situation Okay, so I have some questions to end the show with. You had them before on Sustainable Lens, so you'll be real quick at them, which is good because I've almost run out of time. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? My biggest success? Okay, my biggest success is that, um, yes, um, I think I have, um, have, I was able to give my knowledge in terms of environment sustainability and my management and that areas knowledge to new immigrants to New Zealand, newcomers to New Zealand. I think that's considered as my biggest success. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So what's your superpower? My superpower is um, sort of like blending my scientific knowledge about environment and uh, giving it to the whoever he wants uh, in a simple, uh, understandable context to to the other group or the learners. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? I think so, in a way, yes, but not a big, big, big one. Yeah, but it is very small scale. What motivates you? My what my what motivates me in the context of um, I don't know be a good person, good uh, good human being, um, yeah. Because I like um, I, I mean I I'm I'm, st- I'm still a student. I'm, I'm I'm learning more about Buddhism, Buddhist philo- philosophy, and those things. So uh, Buddhism is very going very um, very close to the environment sustainability and that areas. So I think maybe that's also have some influence on that. And um, so harmonizing with the nature, and then understanding the nature of uh, the whole the, the universe, how it works, and where it's going to and what the ultimate goal as a human being that we have to achieve. So I think those things um, motivates me in, um, in this area, what I'm doing right now. So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, the challenge is really, I'm, I'm <laughs> pretty much um, looking for the challenge of getting rid of this present challenge. COVID is a challenge. <laughs> so it's a still a challenge. <laughs> so get rid of this challenge is the challenge. <laughs> And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, I think the good thing is, um, yes, it's it's a tough time for everyone right now. So um, uh, even though um, you know we don't know really what the future is going to be, still because we know we have this first wave, second wave, maybe not the second. This is not the end. Who knows that? But be strong, Kiyakaha. Thank you for that, Moira. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. That's a very special gift. Thank you very much, Mara. Let's go out to the Irish Rovers. Here's a song that's about 250 years old, and maybe it's still relevant today. Johnny, I hardly knew you. I have done some research on this song. This song is a very old one. Uh, it's an anti-war song. Mm. I mean, if you go through this one, at the end it says, um, because they're saying that the, uh, from the Isles of Ceylon, it says at the end, so that is Sri Lanka, oh. you know, Ceylon was Sri yeah. Lanka. So I thought, I mean, that's why I selected that song. <laughs> For that one, it's pretty much they are nasty people in a way. 
you send there then they nearly they nearly kill you <laughs> so yeah. they are not that good buddhist in a way as well <laughs> <laughs> When going the road the sweet of thy haru haru when going the road the sweet of thy haru haru when going the road the sweet of thy a stick in my hand and a drop in me eye a doleful damsel lay her cry Johnny I hardly knew ya we hear drums and guns and guns and drums haru haru we hear drums and guns and guns and drums haru haru we hear drums and guns and guns and drums Oh, darling, dear, you look so queer. Johnny, I hardly knew ya. Her dirty eyes that look so mild, her room, her room. Her dirty eyes that look so mild, her room, her room. Her dirty eyes that look so mild when my poor heart you first beguiled. Why did you run from me? You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Moira Karatai in Fukutani and Indra Kularatna in Auckland. We hope you enjoyed the show. Drums and guns and guns and drums are rude. Drums and guns and guns and drums are rude. Drums and guns and guns and drums the enemy nearly slew ya. Oh, darling, dear, you look so weird. Johnny, I hardly knew ya. You haven't an arm, you haven't a leg, Haroo. To see you home, Haru, Haru. Yes, I'm happy far to see you home, Haru, Haru. Oh, I'm happy far to see you home, all from the island of Ceylon. So low in flesh, so high in bone, Johnny, I hardly. Where your drums and guns and guns and drums are rude, Where your drums and guns and guns and drums are rude, Where your drums and guns and guns and drums the enemy never slew ya. Oh, darling, dear, you look so queer, Johnny, I hardly knew ya. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.